Last time on the Bestow Curse podcast, our heroes answered the call to adventure, but not before a mysterious Harrow reading revealed startling information on their past, present, and futures. The Cursed Campaign continues now. guys, welcome back to Bestow Curse. Hey! I'm your host and Game Master Griff. And at the top of this episode, I want to talk about what we just dealt with in episode two. A harrow reading. Yeah. I think that's something that we've maybe touched on in our other podcast, the Hideous Laughter podcast, but I don't think we've ever done a full harrow reading. What did you guys think of that? Just as how it went down at the table, but also like, what do you think your character's thinking? I think it was really fun. It was cool to to see all the different cards come about. Um, I think all of our characters probably hated it because it was bleak as well, though. I thought it was great. It was a little it was bleak. bleak. <laughs> yeah. Uh, give up on your dreams. Someone's going to lie to you. Yeah, you're idiots. <laughs> There's a carnival in the right spot. Carnival's you're going to get right lied spot. to. Um, a tyrant in your past. Cool. I will say nothing. All that Mir could think during all of this is, like, you know, giving up your dreams, you're going to be tricked. She thinks she's about to, she's going to lose her shop. That's 100% what she has taken from that. What is she thinking about this lady being like, go after Gadrin Lamb. Here, I'll give you a harrow reading to tell you how it's going to go. <laughs> I mean, yeah, like that's where she, she has every concern that she is going to go after Gadrin Lamb, who wrecked her place already and has like, has a tendency to do that and generally steal and run amok. It's like, she's worried now she's going to go after him, fail, and like lose her shop entirely. This is nothing but horrific outcome. Meanwhile, you know, me, myself, that was really cool to watch. <laughs> I don't mean to be a negative Nancy here or anything, but like <laughs> in real life, I pretty firmly classify things like tarot readings and horoscopes and like the category of like Barnum statements that people can see a lot of personal meaning in but don't really have any meaning but in the context in the context of this campaign i really like um that hair reading because i think a lot of future events we're going to be looking at within the lens of the reading that we just did which is pretty cool it's definitely a very interesting tool to be able to use as a game master because you have knowledge of the future and so can actually use it for what it's intended to be used for. If it was like a tarot reading, like the intent is to get at the future, but I can actually give you things that are leading towards what's actually supposed to happen in the campaign. Having someone that is God in this <laughs> pretty solidly affects how tarot readings are interpreted, I feel like, which is, which is cool. I think it's also really interesting for our characters, since most of us have just met that part of it was in the past. So we get a little bit of insight into who we're dealing with. And like Sylvie was particularly called out in one of them. And then it does go on to be very bleak uh, about giving up your dreams. And maybe Sylvie won't be able to make her family a great household again. Only an idiot follows their dreams. <laughs> so bleak. But at least she has a better idea of maybe who she's working with. Yeah, that's interesting. Have any of you had an actual like tarot reading? Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. have. No. 
<laughs> so I figured Chris would say no. How did it compare to the real article? Like, was it, is that kind of how a tarot reading goes? Or because I've never done a tarot reading myself. Well, it depends on what type of spread that you use for a tarot. So there's a lot of, in tarot reading, there are a lot of different types of spread for different types of things. There's one that's incredibly similar. There's one that's more simplistic, and this is the kind that I had, which was a a quick, just four-card spread. So it's similar concept, past, present, future, but it's only three cards that talk about it, and then one is about yourself. So that's like the the, choosing plus the three. The good, bad, and the ugly. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I think I had a nine-card spread, if I remember. This, This was a long time ago, probably about two years ago now. It was cool. I don't think my life's gotten any better since... I don't think I made any substantial changes or improved anything about myself based off of the information. So I think that's more on me, though. Yeah, it's on me. It's weird. Steve's reading was all, you're going to be apathetic for the next two years to <laughs> change your lot in life. And I was like, true. Yeah, sounds true. That, right. that sounds very true. I mean, what, what Chris said about tarot being like it's what you make of it type of thing, that's truly what it's there. It's, it's supposed mm. to be kind of a tool to help you either figure stuff out or it's something to help you look towards something. That's literally like part of what it is. There, yeah, there's some like people who do divination style, but a lot of people do use tarot as a tool to help them figure out something that is struggling in their life. And they can take and you can read into whatever meaning that you want from it. Like however much that you put into it is how much you get out of it, right? Because it's, I mean, it's all perceived meanings. Yeah, it's kind of like creative problem solving. Yeah, the one that I had was like that. It was just kind of working through how you can approach uh, like the question that you ask and how to kind of keep an open mind about things and think through uh, different pathways and outcomes. So it was more of like a a thought exercise versus like predicting the future. What about tea leaves? Let me talk. How many of you got your tea leaves read? Don't talk to me about tea leaves. Talk to me about bones. Talk to me about that entrail reading. Yeah. (laughs) Saw it, saw it in the guts. That's a Patreon ref. <laughs> yeah. Well, guys, I think you need to come up with a plan now because you just had your future read and you have a target, Mr. Gadron Lamb, and a location where you can find him. Are we still in Zolara's house? I can say, yeah, you guys, you guys could stay in Zolara's house while you come up with a plan. I don't think she's going to really be of much help in that regard. Yeah, that's fine. We probably just need to sit around and and chat amongst ourselves. Is she going to keep providing us wine and bread? Because I'll sit here. (laughs) Sure, there's plenty of wine and bread. (laughs) Got nothing better to do today. (laughs) She's not going to give you room and board. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I've got a place. Vakaris, what can you tell us about this mercantile house that you're familiar with? Well, I imagine soon, Diego, that we're going to be great friends. So in advance of that, you can call me Vec. That would be great. Um, but Vicarus, I guess, is fine. Now, I think what's happened here is Railby Mercantile has become somewhat of a hive of scum and villainy. Now, I don't mind smoking him out of there, but I would rather we don't set fire to that hive. It does have my name on the front of it. Basically, what we're looking at here is... Uh, a dock, couple docks where ships can come to berth and unload or load cargo attached to a two-story building, one right at waterfront, one a little above. 
I believe we need to enter on the above one and then might need to venture down to get to the waterfront. Waterfront's not accessible from shore. Yeah, and Vec, you would know that it has been years Mm -hmm. since you've even seen the building, let alone step foot in it. So you're not really sure what the state of the place is going to be in. Diego, unfortunately, I haven't been there in a very long time. They made any improvements to the place. I wouldn't know about it, where people might be inside of it, outside of my expertise, but maybe that's helpful. Any insight on the structure as it used to be will come in handy, I believe. As far as I know, there's no basement, no caverns, no nothing. What you see is what you get. Now, if you wanted to, you could certainly ask around now that you know where the building is you could ask around the area to see if people could tell you a little bit about the comings and goings of that place maybe that might help you get an idea of uh, what business is like there you'd certainly do that you could certainly head there in the dark of night and try and sneak around there too uh, or potentially hit the place up during business hours, but it might help to know what the business is. So, I may be able to talk our way in, but probably not much further than that. Probably want to take a look around, talk to some folks. I'm looking around at our group here, and I don't know, Sylvie, you seem like you can carry yourself quite gracefully, but the rest of us don't seem particularly life, maybe is the word for it. I'm not particularly stealthy. I've got a big brash personality, and that's what people love about me. Figgy chimes in here. (laughs) See? See, he knows. He knows. (laughs) All right, now you don't be slandering my name, Figgy. I wouldn't go so far as to say that. Some say that I move like a shadow, and I'm perfectly capable of seeing in the dark. As am I. What do you know? What are the odds? However, I'm not a seven-foot-tall cat man. That's new. Don't see a lot of your kind around. No, in the city I expect not. I am... I understand that I'm somewhat of a rare sight around these parts. A rare sight, but a welcome sight if we're taking on Gadron Lamb and his... gaggle of miscreants. How about you, Mia Sylvie? You see at night? I, I see at night. And I'm fairly good with a bow. I've got a bit of magic, too. Oh, I guess we should establish what everyone's good at. I've, I can sling some spells. I keep people alive. That's kind of my thing. I can do that, too. And Figgy's fairly fierce. <laughs> now that I certainly believe. <laughs> well, the judging of your warhammer over there, Diego, I imagine you can smash when you need to smash. Yes, I'm, I'm quite equipped for feats of strength and... My tribe has shamans who are capable of, of, of such magic, but hearing that you have that capability, I'm excited to see what your what your talents are. And I guess that leaves you, Sylvie. What do you bring to the table? I am quite graceful in combat and making sure I am where I need to be and positioning my opponent in the optimal place. I find I am much better sneaking into places and keeping myself hidden than I am at actually talking my way out of anything. Well, that's what I'm here for, ain't I? All right. Got a good idea of what everyone can do. I think we need to talk to the populace, but 
Maybe a night approach isn't our best bet. Tell me I'm wrong. Tell me I'm wrong. I just don't want to have to close the shop. Very fair point. It would be nice for me to at least make a few of my afternoon lessons. All right, you got to make some cobblers. You need to go to school. I can ask around, talk to folks. Diego, it's your deal. You need to, I don't know, lick yourself or something. Take a bath. I'm not going to take offense to that. (laughs) (laughs) I serve a special role for the Shawanti in this city, and I am consider myself to be a bodyguard of a particular envoy here. I do need to be around for that, but at other hours, I may be available. This is of particular interest to me. All right, so Paul in the room, it sounds like we all got stuff to do during the day, minus me. That means I can go around, talk to folks, see what's going on around lambs, and we'll attentively settle in on a night approach. Tell me I'm wrong. Or early morning. Early morning will do. Depending on the hours of operation, we might be able to still get in in the early hours. But if they are late risers, that will not work. Quite right. Well, I'll say we go then. Where do you want to meet? How about the barber shop? We are going to need uh, slightly better directions than that. Oh, it's the best day in bubble shop in old Covos, and Mia, tell them all about it. Beep, 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 beep. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Badger and Blade. It's on Blossom Way. I mean, look at these locks. Can't get a better cut anywhere else. It's got the sign up front. Blossom Lane, got the sign. You got it. I do look forward to seeing the customs of barbares. It's really weird to me that your character does not know about barbers. He sheds. He doesn't have to keep his, keep his hair trimmed. I short guess that's pin. true. It's just very weird. <laughs> but the concept. I understand you might not need one. So what time are you all meeting? Hang on. I want to make sure because it feels like there's a there's two steps here. One of Vec and um, maybe Mir while she's got customers or whatever. Like getting information. I don't know if Sylvie and Diego have some similar plan. And so there's a, a, a gathering information about the business first and then meeting to make the actual plan of whether or not it's this early morning or nighttime approach, right? So I believe when we got here, it was like kind of dusk. Mm-hmm. And it looks, uh, it looks like gathering information typically depends on the GM, but says about two hours. Mm-hmm. So if the rest of you have stuff that you need to wrap up during the day or rather before nights, this would be a good time to do that. And I can go around and gather information two hours later. It'll be nighttime, you know, early okay. nighttime. So like meet back at Badger and Blade in two hours. I mean, it, by then I'm, I, my business would be closed. And so it all makes sense there. Chris, Emily, that we're free to. Yeah, I think, I think so. So at this point, we're going to start getting into actual real two roles. So I want to talk a little bit about what we're what we're going to do, because as a podcast, sometimes it's a little difficult to use the hero point rules and that kind of thing. Uh, We still are going to use them. The way that's going to work is right now, everybody starts with one hero point. Congratulations. I'm going to try from this point forward to give out a hero point per episode. In general, in the 2E rules, it's suggested that you give out a hero point an hour. And so I'm going to try and stick 
somewhat closely to that. However, you know, there might be an episode where I give two out. There might be an episode where I give none out. We'll just play it by ear. What we're going to do, though, is every fifth episode, those hero points are going to reset. So if you had spent them, that's fine. You're going to get a new one. If you have three, it's going to get reset back down to one. Much like hero points work in a normal session, Paizo usually considers a session like a four-hour thing. So every fifth episode, we're just going to reset. In addition, we're going to use hero cards, but they're going to work a little bit differently in this podcast than they did on the Hideous Laughter podcast. Oh? So evil hero cards still create disadvantage for me. So any role, if you if you draw an evil hero card, you get to keep it forever. And when you spend it, you can make me roll twice and take the worse. Good hero cards are going to work the same way as well. If you get a good aligned hero card, get to keep it forever, roll twice, and take the better result on any one roll you want to roll. However, the neutral hero cards are going to work a little bit differently. Everybody in their dice tray has a D30. By spending a neutral hero card on any given roll, you can roll a D30 instead of a D20. A crit will happen on a 20 through 30. So you will have a one-third chance of critting on that roll. However, you still have a chance of failure. Hey, quick shout out to our buddy Eric, uh, local here, who hooked us all up with D30s. Yeah, Dude. thanks, buddy. Dang. Yeah, based on how, like, the general 2E, the way 2E works with, like, the four different conditions of success or failure, crit, failure, failure, success, crit, success, that's huge because we have a great chance of critically succeeding whatever we're trying to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so that could mean no damage from an effect or no, you know, a lot of a lot of saver suck spells in second edition have a mitigated chance and so there's a chance of no effect on a crit success but a success might still have an effect so it could be really useful could be useful the other way if you really need to crit me bring it on yeah 10 over the success dc is going to be a lot easier to hit with that sure will so we're gonna zoom in on vec as he makes his way uh, well, where does he make his way? So Vec makes his way into Old Corvosa, but before heading toward Gadrin's La- Gadrin Lamb's place, he's going to swing by a decrepit tenement apartment and drop off the medicine that he bought this morning at his his apartment. He's going to drop that off. He's also dropping off that beautiful portrait that was created of him. He's not going to spend any time there, but um, he definitely does stop there before moving on. Okay. You'd all know that this mercantile building is actually on the East Docks. That's Mm -hmm. in Midlands. So it's uh, once your family actually had a a nice dock Mm. instead of the shitty docks and old docks. Mm -hmm. So you could try and gather information in that area of town, or you could just go to local bars and try and ask around. Yeah, I I think he's going to go to some local watering holes, hit up some dive bars. Yeah, well, your most favorite spot, I think, is Jigare's Jug. They know him. They love him there. You head to the bar. You enter a hole in the wall, Jigare's Jug, where there's currently a bard singing a sardonic tune, and it's pretty full in here. There's uh, dock workers, mostly, that are... uh, slugging back swill 
the grog that Jagare's jug serves is potent, but not quite tasty. Um, you look around, make me a perception check. Sure. Uh, nine total. With a nine, you don't notice until she's upon you. Uh, Tell me more. The woman from earlier today, although she has a rosy flush to her cheeks, looks like she maybe has been partaking in the grog at Jagare's jug. Trinia uh, approaches you from behind and kind of pushes you on the back, like uh, playfully shoves you into the bar. And he spins around quick. If you're getting pushed from behind at a seedy bar probably expecting to get stabbed or robbed. <laughs> and she kind of like, she, whoa, raises whoa. Her, she raises her hands in uh, like she was just joking. Oh, sorry, Vec. I, I thought <laughs> uh, I didn't think you'd be so jumpy. His his hands had, had like kind of popped up. He's on edge. There's, there's a lot of crazy stuff happening today and, and he's kind of a little tweaked out here. He wears a leather bracelet, like a fat leather bracelet on his, his left wrist. And there's like a little bit of a blue glow that started to happen beneath it. And he quiets that real quick. Trinia, what are you doing in a dump like this? I thought I'd check it out. It was in the neighborhood today after all. Buy me a drink? Maybe I'll buy you a drink? I I could do that, certainly. Tell you what, let me buy you a drink and uh, we'll see what happens. All right, then. Um, I'll just have a grog. That's what I've been drinking since I got here. Well, if you're drinking grog, I guess that's good enough for me. Let's go get the bartender's attention. And you do, and you order your grog. And I think you guys have a relatively pleasant conversation, mm -hmm. but you're here for information. Trinia kind of sees that you're maybe a little bit distracted. Yeah. Uh, hey, listen, I, um, you know, I don't come around here often but if you're gonna be around maybe maybe I'll meet you here sometime uh, if you wanted yeah yeah, yeah Trinio that sounds really good to me I'm uh <laughs> I have to admit I've been here more than once before you could say that I'm more regular this is an old haunt of mine and I wouldn't mind seeing you here a couple times as well if you decide to come around that would be very pleasant well, I just have to apologize. I, I've, I've really been enjoying our conversation, learning a little bit more about you, but there's something that's been weighing on me. I've I got some bad news today. And I know that's probably not what you want to hear. You, you want to hear sweet things from me, I imagine, but it, it's hard for me to concentrate. It's been a weird day. It's all right. Uh, it's a bit hard for me to concentrate as well, you know? <laughs> the grog will do that to you. You got to be careful here. Yeah, I was thinking about maybe heading home anyway. Had a bit... Maybe a bit too much. I'll <laughs> have to sleep it off. Well, I'll tell you what. You, I'm, I'm sorry, do you, do you live around here? Yeah, I I do. You know, the all the coin I got from, you know, Peyton King Yedrid and all. I, I preferred to spend it on my friends and... And the people around me then spend it all on myself, so... Yeah, I'm, I'm around. It's might maybe a bit embarrassing to say I'm up in the shingles. Never be embarrassed about what you live, mate. Listen, that's a noble thing. 
helping those that need it, putting the money from the crown to good work, helping the people out. Listen, I... Pl please don't read into this, but this is... I've lived here damn near my whole life. What am I saying? I've lived here my whole life, and it's... It's not a pretty town, mate. Please don't read into this, but do you, do you mind if I make sure you get home safe? That's... Uh, it's quite alright. I know where I'm going, but if you feel like you have to... Do it so that I know you're safe. I'll walk you home. It'll just make me feel better, even if it doesn't make you feel better. Alright, well, if you have any business here, um, I'm ready when you are, so... You know, take care of it. And he slams back the last of his grog. Slams the, the cup down. Let's take a walk, then. My business here is concluded, I think. And so you head... And uh, you must—you probably need to take another hour or two out of your night to uh, to start asking around about the old fishery. But uh, you had a nice, nice chat with Trinia. Yeah. So why don't you give me a diplomacy roll? And is this to continue talking with Trish, uh, Trinia? To no, this is to start talking to other people. You maybe mentioned it to Trinia, but mm -hmm. she didn't really have any information about the old mercantile building. Okay. We, we make it home back to her place okay. Yep. He says goodnight and smiles and she goes upstairs. I'm going to roll a diplomacy check to gather information. Uh, not my best work. That's a 15. A 15. And you're asking about the mercantile building. What you find out is that the old mercantile building seems to operate during the day. And it's being utilized as a sort of fishery, but not in the sense that people are fishing there. Fishermen in the early morning arrive and they drop off odd misshapen fish that wouldn't sell in market that day. Uh, and then at the end of the day, they hand over any fish that are too old to sell. The building is known for selling what are known as dop dock dumplings. They're kind of like a crab cake. You guys have had a crab cake, right? Yeah. Think about that, but like with fish and think about that with like mystery fish. Maybe, maybe it's more akin to a sausage mm. and you probably don't want to know how it's made. Mm. Oh, interesting. And so you know that there's, there's business happening during the day. Uh, one thing you would have heard, maybe you over here or not over here, but like maybe one of the more drunk patrons is actually willing to tell you a lot of children come and go from that building. Ooh, I don't think Steve Orvec likes that. Okay. Getting Trinia home and talking to folks and all of this. I think that pushed back his two hours. So he's going to be heading back to the Blade and Badger, but probably considerably later than uh, he had told everybody. well were you guys meeting this evening was that the okay yeah yep. yeah it's like we were given two hours and he's gonna be like three yeah so the rest of you wait impatiently as your roguish new companion is 15 minutes late and then 30 and then a whole hour passes and finally he arrives evening everybody good to see you again evening sounds like a warm welcome from all of you okay well listen up here Took me a little longer than I suspected, but I worked my charm on a couple locals, and I think I've got some good information about the old Railby Mercantile building. 
We got fishermen that come in early in the day. They catch stuff out in the bay that don't look right to sail. They pass it over in the morning. Evening, anything they don't sell, they pass it over then. During the day, out of Railby Mercantile, they say these things called dark dumplings. I've had a couple myself. They're right shit, but uh, they'll fill you up if you need. I think Mir is probably familiar with dark dark dumplings as well. I was going to say Mir would definitely be familiar with dumplings. <laughs> I think Figgy would be most familiar. Oh, hell yeah. Delicacy for some badgers. Figgy just licks his chop at the mention of dark dumplings. <laughs> So I, I want to make sure that I understood what you just recapped. You recapped that there is people coming in and out in the morning. They drop off stuff. Is that yes. What like in the morning, fishermen drop off like undesirable, weird looking catches from the Jigare River. In the evening, they drop off stuff that didn't sell that day as getting old and off. Okay. So we're going to drop uglies in the morning and drop olds in the afternoon night. Fish come in they don't come out. Can't explain that. <laughs> the plot thickens. <laughs> Much like the slurry used to make dog dumplings. <laughs> Alright, well that's what all got. I reckon that gives us a couple alibis to get in there. Early, late, during the day to buy things. Thoughts? I think we should still go early morning. It's gonna be best. That's right when everybody else is going to be there. Be less suspicious. Perhaps if we had some fish with us, we would make a uh, more convincing disguise. I think our big friend's right. Can't just go showing up with nothing in hand when they're expecting. It could be purchasers. I think if so, they'd probably be during the day looking for some dark dumplings. Oh, that's true. If we go with the promise of dropping off fish, we could be able to... Uh, maybe take our catch further inside. This is true. You got any misshapen fish your family's hiding there, Sylvie? I do not have any fish. Mir, do you have survival? Do I have survival? Yeah, I have survival. Yeah, roll me a survival. That's a 25 survival. 25. Oh, uh, <laughs> That's a crit success. Did I'm I get gonna, too nice of I'm fish? Gonna, I'm going to give you... I'm going to give you some information, and then I'm going to give you some information that's going to make this go easier for you. Okay. You think that something like a jigsaw shark would definitely be full of cartilage and difficult to sell on the market, but definitely something that the old mercantile building might make into slurry. You know a place where a jigsaw shark frequents, clearly. Yep. Oh. Further, you know that nighttime is the best time to catch them. It's when they're the most active. And you know that if you could fashion or purchase a net, that would be easier than attempting to actually bring it up with a line. You know, much like like the Vargo, uh, you don't want to get bit on the arm or anywhere else for that matter. They're big and they're nasty, but the teamwork of four people could easily pull one out of the river. That sounds so cool. Yeah, I do not currently own a net. How would I, you said, or make? Yeah, if anybody has crafting as a skill, you could certainly craft a net. It would be pretty quick. A net's not like the most difficult thing in the world to craft. Seen a lot of shaking heads, no. Can you do that untrained? 
Uh, I'd let you roll it untrained. It's a net. It's not like you're making a. Alright, wh- who's something. the smartest one here? Because that's an intelligence based skill. It's not me. I think it's going to be Sylvie. Yeah, yeah I got a plus two. Wow, you're doing good. That's probably two more than the rest of us combined. <laughs> <laughs> this doesn't work. We could buy a net somewhere, I'm sure. I'm sure we could, uh, but uh, that's not the first thought that Mir has. Hmm. Yeah, you guys are pretty hard up on cash as a party. <laughs> uh, you could, yeah, you could certainly try and craft one if you guys have rope, which I assume I definitely most have of you do. Mm-hmm. Uh, you could also maybe, I, I mean, you're going to have to, you think, go to Eel's End, which you know is open yep. all hours of the day. So they might have something that they can sell you uh, that could work. Okay. If, if you're not able to create a net. But you think that you're going to need to properly chum the water with something. Blood is is the easiest way to uh, draw a jigsaw shark out. Also, thrashing on the surface will draw a jigsaw shark out. And you might need DeVargo's permission to go fishing for uh, his Sharks. undesirable disposal <laughs> method. Looking at Figgy for the chum. Uh, no, absolutely not. Kidding? Kidding. So Mir gives this some thought. She's thinking about it, and after she's thought about it a little bit, she remembers those that jigsaw bite she just recently saw, too. I've got an idea. We're gonna catch a shark. They're not great for selling. They sound like something that would be dropped off in the morning. I know where to find one, too. But we'll want a net. I've got a rope, but I'm no good at knots. I have read a few books with some diagrams of knots. I could give it a shot. I read some net making books. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, untrained, but uh, she's maybe seen a picture. Yeah, just because I love this idea, take a plus two to this roll. All right. Not too bad. So with that plus two, that is an 18. Hell yeah. Nice. Whoa. 18, it takes you about an hour, but you can easily tie together the the rope that the group has given you into a serviceable net. Mirror is kind of helping you out with, hey, usually jigsaw sharks are about this big, so you're going to need the net to go this wide, etc. But you make a very serviceable net, and you think if you could chum the water and get a good throw you might be able to catch a jigsaw shark without combating it, which is probably mm-hmm. the most important thing. Yeah, that is. The other thing that, once once the net's done, Mir would say, the other thing about sharks, you gotta catch them at night. Well, lucky for us, it's about that time. <laughs> Got nothing better to do. Not like I need sleep or anything. Catching a shark will be a new experience for me, I'm... Excited to see how this goes. I am excited to see how my new net works. <laughs> I love it. So you head to an area of old docks known as Eel's End. It's very close. And it, it's, it's very close to Mir's establishment, but it is relatively rowdy. This area is a long pier with five boats lashed to the end of it. And you can hear the sounds of fighting coming from one of the boats. 
pleasure coming from another one of the boats. It kind of services all kinds of vices. Probably gambling, too. Probably just a whole slew of stuff. Wow. Yeah, there's... Uh, you would know there's gambling. There's like a, a drug den here. Actually, if anybody has a uh, society or a uh, lore underworld, that would be a serviceable role here to know a little bit more about how this I have operates. underworld lore. Why don't you give me a roll? Okay. Anybody else have anything? I have society. Yeah, you could certainly roll society. I only have a 14. I rolled an 11. I just have a very low plus four. Sure. Only a seven. Sylvie's out of her depth here. Yeah, so Mir, you only know about this by virtue of um, hearing it through the various people that have come and gone in the night in your shop. Uh, But there's something called a syntax in Corvosa. Mm -hmm. And if you pay it, it allows you to commit crimes. It, it, you don't you don't have a great understanding of it, but you know that's kind of the gist of it. Where if you pay this tax, you can operate a drug den if you want to, and uh, as long as you pay the tax, the Corvosan guard won't really bother you. And you assume I think you've probably heard from Devargo in passing that that's how this place operates. Yeah, I think that's it makes sense that Mir would know this as well. So oh, why would you know this? You don't need to know. (laughs) Uh, But it does make sense Mir might know that. I think the next steps are, as we're walking up, Mir would prep the group and say, before we go catching sharks, I've got to talk to someone. We're going to need their permission. Catching sharks illegal here. I don't know. I don't break the law. These ones are kind of owned. Oh, I see loose definition of owning but (laughs) so with that she would want to go talk to Devargo separately and let them stay out here does the rest of the party acquiesce to that yeah I don't don't have a problem with it yeah I mean Sylvie doesn't want to cause more trouble here and like draw attention to us so you actually um, you can notice people have taken a People on the dock have taken a notice to Diego in particular. Um, Make me a perception check. You all can roll this. These are customs I'm not familiar with. If you say you need to sort things out, I believe you. I got a 19 on the die. That's going to be a 23. Okay. 14. 18 on the die for a 25. Dirty 20. Uh, everyone but Diego actually hears this. <laughs> Oblivious. But unfortunately, you don't you don't really know what it pertains to. A lot of people in the background are looking at him and they're kind of whispering to each other and you hear murmured in these conversations, nine lives it keeps coming up. Nine lives, nine lives. And they seem to be looking at Diego. You're quite a celebrity, Diego. In what sense? They're all talking about you. I am a fairly unusual sight around these parts. I am accustomed to people feeling odd about my presence. Yeah, well, dangerous part of town, a dark night. I appreciate your presence. Welcome. Do these people know you? 
I'm not familiar with any of them. I see no reason why they would be acquainted with me. Probably don't like cats. Mir, you can roll an underworld lore at this point. Thank you. Perhaps they're shuni people. The <laughs> 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 shuni comes walking down the deck. I'm, I'm, I mean, I said that kind of jokingly, but like they're saying nine lives, which unless that doesn't have meaning in Pathfinder lore, like I know in real life that's a cat's thing. So like, they're, I feel like they're just kind of like throwing some racist comments at this guy, my, my new buddy. Seventeen. Uh, with a seventeen. This isn't the first time you've heard of nine lives in criminal circles. Yeah. Now, Vec, yeah, makes a ton of sense that this might be just something derogatory towards cat folk. Mir, you know a little bit better. Nine lives is supposedly someone who the kind of higher ups in certain crime circles worry about. That's all you know. That's all you've heard with the 17 is that like there's there's some sort of worry and it hasn't really come from your, I guess, friend or acquaintance DeVargo, but some of the other people you may have helped. Diego, I think they're mistaking you for someone else. I would be interested to know what other large cat folk are prowling around these lands. <laughs> I am fairly unmistakable, but... Perhaps they are misinterpreting my presence for something. It's almost like a legend around here. Nine lives. There are those who I have come across that are superstitious about dark-furred catfolk such as myself. And that may be... may be disincentivized to cross paths with me, shall we say. (laughs) Well, I haven't seen any witches following you around, so I'm not too worried. I tend to not see much importance in these superstitions that people claim to hold. So I think before we get to the business of shark catching, Mir wanted to ask permission from DeVargo. You know that DeVargo is in the in the ship at the end of the pier, the biggest ship. So if you wanted to find him, he'd be there. That is where she would head, and um, I'll make a perception check whenever I need to, to see him over the crowd or whatever. No, there's no crowd on this boat. This is DeVargo's boat. Oh, okay. And it's really, it's the only boat that's not a, some sort of business. Okay. But there are thugs, guards out front. I think they would recognize you, though. I've probably taken care of at least one of them. Oi, man, what brings you to Eel's End? I've got to talk to DeVargo. About what? He's a busy man, after all. A couple of problems. And I need his help. Mm. All right. Um, He should be in the main chambers. I think he's interviewing applicants or something, but I'm sure he can make time for you. And so you enter, and you enter into a... Almost looks a bit like a throne room. You know, DeVargo kind of has a flair for the dramatic and is known as the King of Spiders. And you do see on the throne there are spider webs and there's kind of cobwebs in the corners, but they seem to leave the middle of the room alone entirely. Uh, DeVargo sits kind of unamused on his throne as a couple of hopeful thugs sit at the dinner table in front of him feasting. But he perks up a little bit uh, when you come through the door. 
Hey, Mir, uh, what brings you to this neck of the woods? Well, I guess we are relatively close by, but uh, you don't usually you don't usually partake in the the excitement of Eel's End. Devargo, I need your help. Well, you helped me out last night. What can I do you for? Speaking of last night, the child didn't show. I'm worried. You've got a suspicion of where that child came from. Uh, usually the little pickpockets, especially if they're so bold to come to Eel's End. They're usually some of Lamb's Lambs. Have you heard of them? Would I have? Or just briefly? I don't know that you... You could... Uh, why don't you roll me a, um, a knowledge underworld to see if you have. With an eight, I don't know if I have. <laughs> no, yeah. Nay, I'm not sure I know. They are the um, unfortunate orphan children that that asshole Gidrin Lamb grooms to steal things for him. I think that, um, you know, I let him go. I, I would have taken him back to a home if he had one, but he insisted that he be allowed to go back to wherever he came from uh, without me coming with. And, you know, I'm a busy man. I have things I have to tend to, so I wasn't going to argue with the child. But he ran off. And if he's not having an orphanage to go to, I think we can put two and two together. He's probably one of Lamb's Lambs. Probably went back to that old bastard. Got some new friends that plan to take care of Lamb. You're not very good at making friends, Mir. What do you mean, new friends? You don't make friends in a day, I know you. Well, they're friends by situation. Friends by situation. <laughs> I will, we've all been there. It took me nearly a year to gain your trust, and now you come here to ask me for... ask me for favors. The king of spiders, you come to ask me. How presumptuous of you, he kind of like... He kind of makes a show of it to the people eating at the table and then laughs it off. Well, besides the child, what else do you need from me? Are any of your sharks looking older? <laughs> I don't. They're not my property. They just swim under the docks because we feed them well. I'm... Is, what do you need? Do you need me to dispose of a body or something? Because I could definitely do that. I paid my syntax. My new friends and I are going to take one, if that's okay. <laughs> take a shark! Well, can you bring me a shark back in return? You you like animals. You make animal friends. That figgy... But where, where is where is the figgy? Figgy would come out from behind my legs. The figgy! <laughs> Where's the figgy? <laughs> the figgy. figgy! Immediately be very excited. Figgy, my friend. Your, your companion here asks a big favor from me. What should I do? He's a smart man. You should keep uh, keep an eye on him. He might outsmart you one day. Uh, he laughs and acquiesces. Yes, um, you you will owe me for this one, but you know we we have a relationship where we owe each other. I'm I'm okay with you being in my debt. If you have a spare thug, if you want to use this to your advantage. I'm sure it'll be entertaining. Do you want to sell tickets? Well, nobody's really been an asshole this evening, but 
we may have we may have somebody who partook in too much of the shiver that we could toss in I don't know do you think this would be lucrative do you think uh, this uh, you have me thinking now that this this could be a big show I'm so uncomfortable now I didn't want a body <laughs> oh we can use some pork or beef or other fish <laughs> to chum the waters oh yeah, okay, yes I, we are we were on different pages that is okay it's okay um <laughs> Mir's no, a yes, flustered. Uh, no the, if if you and your new friends are going to take care of this shark i'm sure people would want to watch it if um if you're willing to let me take the proceeds of the tickets i may sell for such an observation and then i yes i give you the shark but um you need to promise me one other thing if uh if you are concerned about this child that we helped if you're following up on that and i know the kind of person you are just let me know what happens I like to be in the know, and Gadren Nam has been something of a mystery to me. He stays out of my business, but still. I swear it. You'll know what happens. Well then, um, give me a few minutes to get, drum up some, drum up a crowd, and um, and prepare yourself. Maybe get the, you know, grab the, the bait and whatever you need, and. Uh, we'll, we'll make a show of it. I, <laughs> I hope you don't end up in the water because I, I don't think that whatever you catch is going to be the only one off the dock. I'll keep that in mind and I'll make sure my friends know to stay away. But this should be equal payment for the shark, right? Right. And he gestures to his healing b- but barely bit arm. But they're not nice. I hope one of you is strong. I took all my strength just to tear away from that one. I, I've got a strong one. Okay. Bill, you have Figgy with you, so you should be all right. And so he gets up from his throne uh, and walks with you out and kind of says to the people eating, dinner and a show, come with me. We have, we have something fun to watch. Not many people catch sharks off of this dock. Mostly sharks catch people. So, come. And you see him, then he makes a beeline to one of the other <laughs> boats. He comes out with like three or four people following him, goes into another one of the boats. A couple more people are following him. Uh, after he has, after about five minutes, he's gathered a crowd of about 20 people to watch this. I try to make a team huddle real quick. <laughs> Man, what the fuck is going on? He needs payment for the shark? I told him we could sell tickets. Mia, that's brilliant. Also kind of psychotic. I like where your head's at, but it's, Beck, it's a lot. <laughs> I need you to play it up. Get as many tickets sold. I know my place in this. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Vec kind of wonders... Come on, come on! Yeah, you can you can help the Vargo drum up the <laughs> crowd. I think I think he would enjoy that you are helping. I imagine if there are people coming from a particularly smoky boat, they might be really into what's going on. Shark <laughs> oh, <a> man, oh, <laughs> this is gonna be awesome. <laughs> or hot boxing you outside. <laughs> Get my fly leaf. <laughs> um, yeah, go ahead and roll me a diplomacy to see if you can help Devargo out. Uh, which I, I think 
He doesn't necessarily seem to need it, but this might gain you some favor with the guy. Yeah, I'll make sure. a little income off of this. Yeah. No, we Get sell all the activities. Shark catching. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, have that on my list. Curse of the Crimson Waters. <laughs> <laughs> come on, come on. Cat folk versus Terrors of the Deep. Can he snare the, the aquatic beast? We'll find out now. <laughs> Natural 19. Oh! That's a 26 diplomacy. Oh, man. Uh, not only do you sell, you manage to help sell more tickets, but DeVargo thanking you for basically doubling his crowd uh, hands each of you a gold. Wow, that's Ooh. so much money. Uh, it's actually a lot. Mm -hmm. Wow. This was the best idea I could have come up with. And okay. now uh, <laughs> you guys are chumming the water. Yeah. Why don't you go ahead and place or, or think about where you want to place the chum in relationship to you guys. We are on the map. We're on a pier looking out over the murky waters of the Jagare River. And you are kind of uh, off center on um, on Eel's end, so the boats are further down the pier, and you guys are kind of uh, <laughs> sitting here waiting on a shark. So I'm going to need perception. All right, everybody. I promised them a lot. We got a show. <laughs> we shall give them a show. And Sylvie's eyes kind of glint, and she smiles as she's ready to perform for this crowd. Hey, I didn't want to be in debt. <laughs> <laughs> Any more than I already am. Never has there been a party so worried about finances. <laughs> in terms of money, we have no money. <laughs> the actual cheer I got from one gold of these. <laughs> A gold is worth no, a lot of no money. GMs. That's Indeed. literally ten gold in, in first edition. Yeah, we, I mean, I almost flipped the table. I was so excited. <laughs> you know, if this is one of your dreams, you might be hesitant to follow it. Real carnival here. I just, I think... I was really leaning into the predictions. Look, I promised him a show. We've got a large cat book. No, you're absolutely right there. Um, mm -hmm. And again... I didn't want to be in any more debt than I already was. I really feel this the pressure to roll well. <laughs> it's really getting to me. I'm not even worried. All right, well, I guess I could put all the actual adventure stuff aside. <laughs> yeah, get that shit out of here. <laughs> Where we're going, we don't need published material. We're off the rails. Would this, would this be an HOP pilot episode if that didn't happen? <laughs> no. Okay. Third episode in already. Sylvie, what you got? A... Uh, dirty 20. Mirror. 16 on the die for a 24. Uh, Vec. Vec's got his arms out. He's spinning in place. Come one, oh, come you can, all. Oh, you can use diplomacy for this. Was it the diplomacy I just rolled? Uh, yeah. Oh, shit. That was really high, because you had right, 18 on the die. So, the perception that I rolled was totaling out at a 6, but my diplomacy was a 26. Okay, Damn. 26. Diego. 14. Vec, you're in the middle of your come one, come all. See the cat folk fight the creature from the deep. And as you do, almost cinematically, a fin crests the water behind you. 
and you can see it headed right towards the chum. Go ahead and place this shark in the chum, and it is your turn to act. All right. (laughs) So first of all, he's working the crowd. He leans over to Diego, makes a fist with his hand, and like plants it right between Diego's shoulder blades. And he kind of leans in and says, go get him, tiger. Giving you (laughs) guidance. Yeah. And then he looks to the crowd and says, looks like meat's back on the menu, boys. (laughs) And he looks over at the shark bathing in chum right now, points at it, and tries to drill into its mind with a dazed cantrip. Okay. So... What am I going to need from you? I am going to need a will saving throw. A will saving throw. That's a 13. 13 is a fail. You take full damage. Oh, boy. Okay. I'm not rolling any dice right now, but you are but you are taking as much damage as is equal to my uh, primary casting stat modifier, which is charisma, which is four. Okay, so I take four damage. Yeah, it's non-lethal damage is that, if that matters, but he uh, he looks at the shark with that, we're coming for you, uh, look. Now, does Daze do anything other than damage? If you had critically failed, yes. I got you. Well, next in the order is Mirror, if that's your three actions. Yes, Days was two actions, Guidance was one. Okay, perfect. Uh, for those of you new to second edition, combat happens in three actions per turn. However, things take up varying amounts of actions. So I'd ask that the rest of you just, if you have something that it takes two actions, just say that it takes two actions just so people can keep up. Awesome. But Mir is next in the order. Mir, you have a dazed shark eating chum right in front of you. Yes, and to help aid Diego in his future attempt to pull it in. I am going to use a two-action casting, and it's two two actions because it's both somatic and verbal spell. Range of 30 feet, it is a tanglefoot cantrip. Tanglefoot. So explain that to me. Yeah, so a vine covered in sticky sap appears from thin air from my hand. We'll call this one uh, seaweed. Yep. Covered in sticky stuff. It lashes itself to the target, and I would attempt a spell attack against the target. And then okay. there's different different things happen depending on successes and fails. Sure. 17. That actually does not hit your target. Wow. Mm-hmm. It's very, uh, very quick. Wow, yeah. Okay, so in that case, the, the target's actually unaffected because I didn't hit, so. That is two actions, and... That's that's about all I'm going to do at this point because I don't have a lot of other great stuff for one action and guidance has actually already been cast so I could I guess I I could maybe do guidance on someone else who's doing something but I think Diego's the main person. Uh, you might want to you might consider if she's in range casting it on Sylvie um, as Sylvie probably would be your secondary person that would be able to pull it up. Okay. Yeah, guidance is actually only verbal, and so that's fine. I can cast it on something. And, and it has a range in 30 feet, right? yep. Yeah. Perfect. Sylvie, you have guidance as well. It is your turn, Sylvie. Awesome. We established that Diego is going to be the one throwing the net, um, but 
Sylvie could probably help pull the net back in because we do have a rope attached. Um, we could. So I'm just wondering what kind of action that's going to be to pull. So that's going to be a single action. Okay. And it'll be an athletics check. Okay. So if you wanted to ready, you could ready that athletics check. Yes. Uh, since Diego has not acted yet, Sylvia's going to take her stance and hold on to the uh, far end of the rope so that uh, if the shark is caught in the net, she will pull the uh, shark up onto the dock. Okay. You have three actions. Readying is two if you want to use your third action for something. Is it a, it's a two-handed action to pull the rope in for the I'm going to say it is, okay. yeah. No, she doesn't have any hands. There isn't much else she can do. So she's just readying and uh, will not use anything for her final action. She's in a good spot. Okay. Diego, you're up. Okay. Shark is in the water, 10 feet away from you, down, down from the dock. Diego is on the dock, poised with the net in both his hands, ready to go. Now, a net is a uh, specific item in TUI. Yeah, do you want to explain how a net works yeah. in this context? So there's two different ways you can use it. We're definitely going to want to go uh, one way. We can either use the net on its own or attach with a rope. We're going to have it attached to a rope for this. Mm-hmm. When it's attached to a rope, you can use a net to grapple a medium or smaller creature, with the, which the shark is, up to 10 feet away. And we can continue to grapple to keep our hold on it as long as it remains within 10 feet and someone continues to hold the net. The creature, if it does get grabbed by the net, it gets a plus two bonus, circumstance bonus to escape unless we're adjacent to it. And then it can attempt a DC 16 athletics check to force open the net entirely and escape. If that does happen, then it becomes a little unwieldy, and we've got to spend an action to, like, fold it back and try again. It's important to know that grapple checks made with the net do take a minus two penalty. Okay. So, with the net in hand, Diego is going to try to do a grapple check with the net. He takes a penalty there, but he has guidance and is going to use it on this grapple attempt. Absolutely. So that is a 18 uh, minus two with the penalty, plus one with the guidance, so that's going to come to a 17. Against its fortitude DC. Against a fortitude DC. Meets beats. Yes! Guidance! Yes, and Diego with this thing grappled turns to his friends and says, looks like we're not going to need a bigger net. (laughs) Okay, so that was one one action to grapple it. Yes. Uh, You can, I believe, use an athletics to attempt to continue pulling it in yep it'll take a um a penalty yes so uh, every consecutive attack action in this case combat maneuvers are attacks Mm -hmm. takes a penalty a multiple attack penalty for using it subsequently in a round this will take a minus five but go for it yep i think it's still worth a shot just like if i was trying to hit this thing over and over with a weapon every subsequent attack takes a minus five unless i've got some other skill that reduces that multiple attack penalty. Sure. So here comes a grapple check at a minus five. It is a 14 on the die. 21 minus five is 16. And minus two again is 14. Okay, so you don't quite get it. Uh, However, you don't don't like critically fail or anything, so 
Nothing really happens there. Do you want to attempt a third time? There is a critical fail condition, so... Yeah, I don't think I want to risk it. I don't know what else would be good. I can't demoralize this because it doesn't speak a language or anything. Yeah, like unless that. you have uh, intimidating glare, Which you're I don't. Be able to... I don't know how this helps your athletics, but I don't think it really does. You could enter a rage if you wanted to. It won't help my athletics at all. That'll help my damage if I was trying to do damage to it. Sure. Okay, well, I'm going to say your turn is done and the readied action of Sylvie will happen. So, Sylvie, at your full bonus, go ahead and make an athletics check. All right. I think this will suffer the minus two as well from being a part of the net, uh, but you have guidance if you'd like to use it. Yes, uh, Sylvie is using that expert guidance. So, with that overall minus one for... um, using the net and the guidance canceling it out that is a 19 with a 19 the creature is pulled five feet up to be level with the dock but it is not quite over the dock i'm gonna treat it like the shove rules i know that i don't know if there's really ingrained rules for um for pulling something with the net maybe there are uh but i'll treat it like the shove so you didn't you didn't crit it, so you didn't get to move him more than five feet, but you do move him five feet. Okay. The important thing is that now it's adjacent to us, it doesn't get a bonus to try to escape. Ooh, nice. Mm-hmm. Mm, good. And with that, it is the shark's turn, and it is going to try and escape. So I'm going to go ahead and make an athletics check. Uh, it's a DC 16 to break the net. All right. That is a nine total. Hell yeah. So yeah. it fails at that, and it's going to lash out at Diego now. Now that it's failed to get through the net. Ooh, Diego. That's a 23 to hit you. I rolled a natural 19. That'll hit. And that's with the multiple attack penalty, so... Dang. That is four points of slashing, and it's going to use another action to grab you. So now you are grabbed by the creature in the net. Oh, no. It's oh. sunk its teeth into your thigh. And it's, fortunately, as long as its teeth are sunk into you, it's not going to fall off the side of the dock. But uh, you find yourself in a precarious situation, my friend. Vec, you're up. Uh, yeah, he's, he sees this as sort of going the other way that we want it to. So Vec is going to clasp the leather bracelet that's around his wrist and actually rip it off. He says, all right, you bloody bludger. Gloves off, baby. And he has a tattoo on the inside of his left wrist that kind of looks like two devil horns pointing up widely, like far apart from each other. And then inverse from them, two devil horns pointing down and they start to glow bright blue and electricity explodes from his wrist towards this creature. I need a reflex save. This is two actions on Beck's part. Do I get to know what you're casting? Yeah, electric arc, baby. I was okay. gonna say, that sounds familiar. That is a dirty 20 reflex. Okay, so that is a success, meaning you take half damage, which is a d4 plus my spellcasting ability modifier halved. Sounds good. All right, I got a two on the D4, so that would total out at six. We're going to round it down to three for you. Three electric damage. Sounds good. And then having zapped this thing a little bit, Vec is 
currently standing behind Diego, but he is going to move five feet over so that Diego can kind of pull this thing back up onto the dock itself. Sounds good. Mir, you're up. Mir is going to try again because nothing nothing can be harmed by trying again. So I'm going to try another tangle foot. Okay. <laughs> 19 on the die. Uh-oh. Oh. 26. 26. That is a hit. It is not a crit. That's fine because now this target, so the shark, has been covered in kelp and it takes a minus negative 10 to its speed for the next round. All right. And so that's its penalty. I unfortunately didn't get the immobilized condition because that only works on a critical success, but it's slower. Hopefully that makes it a little bit easier. And then in the same vein, Mir is going to take a couple steps back. Just give Diego and Sylvie all the space they need. Sounds great. And Figgy is just intrigued. He's not been ordered to do anything, but he's looking on in great interest. Look at his chops. Figgy to do anything. (laughs) Figgy can't do much here besides jump in the water and try to go man on man on shark. And I don't want to do that. Uh, Yeah, let's not do that. Sylvie, you're up. This shark is so close to coming up on the dock and that's Sylvie's main goal right now. And then we can try to kill it so it's not biting Diego's leg. So Sylvie moves five feet down the pier because she pulled the shark in closer so there should be enough rope. Yep. And then she's going to do her athletics to pull Pull the shark into the vacated square. Yeah, pull the shark into that space that she just made in between her and Diego. Now, because you are no longer adjacent, you do take the minus two penalty on your check uh, to to pull it, the net penalty. So we'll always take that minus two penalty with the... uh, Oh, what was the the adjacency? um, If the creature is adjacent to us, it doesn't get a bonus to do it to escape from the net. Oh, okay. So you're going to take that penalty either way. Sorry, I misthought about that. Yeah. All right. Sylvie, with a flourish of her cape, kind of moving her arms for the the crowd, she's going to pull up the shark. Only an 11 with that minus two. An 11 won't do it, but it won't critically fail. Okay. You could try again with the multiple attack penalty. You could raise your dueling cape. So she has to have a free hand to raise her dueling cape. Ah, yes. she can't. So that. she can't do that. Uh, cause she's using both hands to pull the shark in. And with the minus two and the, the multiple attack penalty, it's not worth the risk because she will be at a, a negative modifier then. So she will wait. Uh, she's not going to let go of the rope though, because just in case... Well, you have the option to ready. So if the thing comes into your range, maybe you ready to attack it? Ready is two actions. Though. Oh yeah, you moved and pulled. Yeah. I apologize. Uh, so yep. I don't think there's anything, nothing super helpful she can do with that last action. Probably so. just going to hang out. Yeah. Diego, yep. you're up. Kind of the lame thing there, too, is if you have a multiple attack penalty when you're ready in action, it carries over yeah, it to when you're ready to act. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It kind of sucks. So d- this this creature in the net, because he succeeded his check, is grabbed, which means it's flat-footed and immobilized until the end of Diego's turn, right? Uh, this turn. 
So I think what Diego is going to do is he's going to take a step, a five foot step back. Okay, you are grabbed. Oh yeah, I can't do that. <laughs> the creature is on him. Do you think he can he can try to do a another athletics track to try to reposition it onto the dog? Yep, I think that's completely valid. Okay, I think that is what he's going to try to do, taking a minus two penalty for using the net. Sure. But a natural four is not going to do it with a nine. You do have a hero, a hero point, point if you yep. want to use it. <laughs> I was just going to say that. I think, you know, for this very special case, I'm going to use a hero point. Yeah. yeah. I'd love to see it. And it's worse. Oh. 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 Well, that is a seven. Too. Seven total? Total. With the penalty. Uh-oh. That's a critical failure. <gasps> yes. So... Were you treating this as the grapple or the, like, kind of like the shove? I think the shove is more apt. Okay, let's look at that. So on a critical failure with a shove, you fall and land prone. So Diego goes prone in front of the shark. Ugh. Okay, well, that was was one action to do that. Yep, so you could certainly use an action to get back up. I am going to take an action to stand up, (laughs) unless that, like, counts as anything that I would might not have a chance to do It doesn't do seem like the shark is uh, attacking of opportunity, but... <laughs> nope. Man. Shark I, with a couple I, fighter levels, man. I know who not to call whenever we need to perform under pressure. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? If, if that's the condition, I don't see a reason why I wouldn't try to do another like shove reposition thing go for with, it. with the penalty. So here I go again on my own. Here he goes again. <laughs> no. I don't think that's going to do it either with a nine total. Yeah, nine total doesn't crit fail, so you don't fall. You don't get the creature up onto the dock. It is the shark's turn. The shark's going to go ahead and thrash. Because it has Diego grabbed. This is going to deal six points of slashing damage as it thrashes around on your leg. It's then going to release you and attempt another bite at you. Okay, that is a dirty 20. That hits. Things are quickly gonna get dangerous against this shark. Two points of slashing damage, and with its final action, it's gonna go ahead and grab you. Vec, your friend Diego's bleeding from the leg. He sure is. So once again, Vec is going to get that tattoo on his wrist glowing and shoot an electric arc at this thing. Reflex save, please, Griffin. Two actions on my behalf. Reflex save is a 17. Meets beats. So again, you take half damage. Okay, I got seven points total. 2e round down for three. Yeah, I think we still round down. Yeah. All right, three points of electric damage. That leaves me one action to go. And he's going to look at his new friend, Diego. And with his final action... All right, mate, if you're going to take a licking, I guess I'll take one, too. And there's probably not a lot of wind on this dock, but it seems like a breeze kind of starts up around Vec as he casts a spell called Lifelink where his hair starts flapping a little bit. Diego regains four points of damage. And now for the foreseeable future, 
you will be transferring some of your wounds to Vec if the creature continues to attack you. Very cool. Mirrors up. God damn it. I've been I've been misinforming people about the net. Damn it, Chris. Oh no. If a target escapes from the net, you take a minus two penalty to do stuff with it, but otherwise you don't take a penalty. Uh, could have been the difference. But damn it. You wouldn't have crit failed that. Unfortunate. Well, you know, hands off the chest pawn piece. Taking a hero point away. Too bad you already spent it. I do think that Mir at this point is ready to put the sh- put the shark out of his misery and, and do what she can to um, kill it. Sure. Um, so she is going to take a step up and pull out her war razor. Okay. Two actions. And then attack with it. Oh. Natural 20. Hell yeah! Natural 20. That'll be a crit. For a, yeah, a 25. Okay, great. So it's in, in 2E, what happens with criticals? In 2E, you roll your regular damage, add your bonus, your bonus damage from your attack, and then double the whole total. And then because this is a deadly D8, I also add a D8? Yes. All right, so this this is a war racer. It is one D4 plus two, and then it's a deadly D8. So I got three on my D4 roll, plus two is five, times two is 10, mm-hmm. plus ooh, only one point on my deadly D8. Uh, so what does it look like? Mir steps up with kind of almost sad eyes. She doesn't like how long this has gone on. And she, uh, in, in the midst of this, this thrashing back and forth of the shark, she finds the spot she knows will be a one and done, put it out of its uh, misery and stop stop the show, essentially. And she takes out her war razor and stabs. And the shark goes limp in the net. And I think that's where we're going to call it. We'll continue the curse next time. Woo! Woo! Hopefully, use our net a bit better. The Bestow Curse Podcast is a Hideous Laughter Productions show. Hideous Laughter Productions is an officially licensed partner of Paizo Incorporated. Curse of the Crimson Throne is copyright 2016. Curse of the Crimson Throne and the Pathfinder Adventure Path are trademarks of Paizo. Paizo, Pathfinder, their respective logos, and all Paizo titles, characters, and artwork are properties of Paizo Incorporated and used with permission.